Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 140 of the Syrup Cast. They haven't taken us off air yet. Happy days. We are not, however, getting money from the Canadian government. That's a little teaser for later today. Uh, we're recording this week's episode on Thursday, September 28th. The Syrup Cast is a podcast devo- uh, devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystems. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. This week, I'm joined by... Mobile Syrup, Senior Editor, and Time Traveler, Patrick O'Rourke. Patrick, how are you? I'm great. I like that I'm a Time Traveler. You are, though. I appreciate that. I am. I have traveled many time zones. Yes, you're a traveler of both time and space. It is true. Um, (laughs) We also have Senior Mobile Syrup reporter rose bihar rose how are you oh man i don't get anything mystical like patrick does he is mystical though you I have am. to agree with I'll i think do of something I, mystical. I agree i agree i'm very well how are you i'm good thank you uh we're recording this podcast right after uh minister heritage or canadian heritage minister did i get that right rose yes canadian heritage yes. minister uh melanie Jolet uh just announced the future of Canadian media, which doesn't include mobile syrup, unfortunately. <laughs> no. We were not accounted for. Well, God damn it. We're not getting $500 million? No, no. That would solve all of our problems. But, you know, maybe next time. Um, you two kind of tag teamed it in some way. Do you guys want to lay it out? And then we'll just jump right into it. For sure. So the centerpiece of this whole thing and the thing that most consumers will hear about is the... million deal with Netflix to create a presence or entity known as Netflix Canada, uh, which will be a permanent, uh, quote unquote, um, presence uh, to produce Canadian content uh, over the next five years. And it includes a special uh, $25 million allotment for French language content in particular as well. So that's um, sort of the basics of the deal. It's there to create original Canadian content. Um, We have not been able to confirm whether this presence will be a physical presence as well, Mm -hmm. whether there will be an office set up in Canada, um, because that would then require Netflix to start charging uh, GST, start charging sales tax. And we don't believe that's what it's looking like right now. But Netflix mm. has refrained from commenting on that. I strongly think that that's not the case uh, simply because they would be bragging about it. One, um, the government would want to highlight how many jobs would be created by this, right? Uh, And they would be like pretending maybe the office will be here. Maybe it'll be here. Um, I mean, they could still be talking about that in the future. Um, But I think that the language uh, was chosen uh, very purposefully to be ambiguous to kind of leave that up in the air so people can speculate and try to figure it out um, and then later they'll probably make an official announcement 
Also, Reed Hastings wasn't there, was he? Yeah, yeah no. that was that was the other. He was thing, not like, there with a shovel, being like, "Okay, this is uh, you know, the first he didn't, step towards making Netflix Canada." He didn't parachute in in a Santa Claus costume with mm. a big bag of five hundred million, which yes. is what I wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's true. That's a good point. Like, there's no, uh, as far as I could see, no high-profile Netflix executives talking at this. And you would think, given a an announcement of this magnitude, that that would have been the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all we got was one comment, one canned comment from uh, Netflix's chief content officer that said, today's announcement affirms there's more to come as Netflix launches Netflix Canada, our permanent production presence in Canada. And like you were saying, that wording is kind of up in the air. Um, but we do know, courtesy of Financial Post, uh, that um, that Netflix could be fined up to $10,000 per day under a legally binding agreement with the government if it doesn't contribute the, the funds. So there, this is, you know, very much a, a tied in agreement. A lot of people are saying that it does not go far enough to actually shake up policy and to make changes. And many were hoping to see that sort of Netflix tax, uh, wherein Netflix would have to contribute to the Canadian media fund. Um, but that's clearly, you know, they they have absolutely said that's that's not the direction that they're going. They're going in this direction. Uh, they're working with Netflix to do this deal and, and bring Canadian content in that way instead. And I'm sure we'll see Bell and Rogers and Videotron and, and other um, sort of incumbents, big big telecoms and telecom companies in Canada complaining about that fact and, and that this deal isn't fair and it favors an American company over, over uh, Canadian companies. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we will. And uh, so far we have seen some sort of negative press around it since it did uh, leak a day early. So we've yeah. seen some some negative op-eds, but we've also seen some positivity around it. Uh, Michael Geist, who's an internet law expert and a yeah, University of Ottawa professor, he's said that he uh, feels mostly positive about the changes that Jolie has, uh, has announced and, and said that he thinks she deserves credit for delivering a policy that rejects new taxes and regulation, keeps net neutrality intact, and still finds some new money for production investment certainty from Netflix. So that's another side of the coin. Um, there, there are two sides there, and it is interesting to consider whether this sort of working with a, a foreign company approach is beneficial to Canada and Canadians or not. I think the other thing, too, is, and, and you can correct me, but I don't think they discussed whether or not the content produced uh, by Netflix, by Netflix Canada, as we now know, the, the production entity. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. or the presence. presence. The production presence will be called. It's a haunting. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. haunting. We don't know if it's going to be true CanCon. We don't know if it's going to be certified by the Canadian Audiovisual Certification Office, which has like a checklist of yeah. boxes that you need to click in order to, uh, that you need to have in order to be considered Canadian content. Um, my guess is that it likely won't be. Uh, so in some cases, I feel like this is just what Netflix was going to be doing anyways, and the government's kind of put a rubber stamp on it. Maybe there's a little bit more money being spent because because of this agreement, because uh, it's like a contractually binding thing, according to the Financial Post, which I'll mention we haven't been able to independently verify. Um, but I, I mean... I, I think that it, it's not going to be legit Canadian content. I think it's just going to be what Netflix was going to do anyways with a little bit more money thrown into the mix. 
it's a it's a difficult uh, question. I mean, it does seem like it's such a sweet deal for Netflix. That's one thing that we can right confirm. overwhelmingly <laughs> like it definitely like if they especially if they do not need a presence, then this is precisely what I would have tried to negotiate for if I was uh, on Netflix's team. A situation in which you get to, you have to create some unique content that is ostensibly related to that country, but it's also English. It's also English language content for the most part. Only, so that yeah. that is beneficial to it in general in terms of its huge North American market right. and other English speaking markets. Um, and in and you don't have to pay a Netflix tax, pay into the Canadian Media Fund. It really is a, a great deal for Netflix. And French language content was, I believe, only twenty five million of that five hundred million. Did that was the number that they confirmed? That they confirmed. Okay. I mean, there mm. may be it may add top up, and that might be a minimum. But, a min- oh, yeah. minimum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it. I think the interesting thing here now, as I think about this, as you guys are talking about it, um, for whatever reason, I'm. The, it's like random to think about this, but I'm thinking about the Paris uh, Climate Accord. And in that, the case with that was uh, the U.S. government had to negotiate it down to being like the bare minimum so that there was any chance that the Congress would sign it, right? Uh, Congress never signed it, which is part of the problem uh, going into 2017. But I'm kind of reminded of that in the sense that like the Netflix must have like, like, or the Canadian government had to like keep stepping away from, or just never came in the first place demanding some of these things like, Hey, set up a Canadian presence. Hey, agreed to these taxes um, just to get whatever this deal is. So as you both said, like this is overwhelmingly positive towards Netflix. Totally. I don't Uh, see a downside for Netflix. Yeah. Like what is the downside? Like they get to make stuff up here in the same way that they have before in terms Mm -hmm. of, at least in terms of what we know so far. Mm -hmm. Um, and they get to take advantage of the Canadian dollar, of yeah. course, which is big. Um, they can use the same shooting locations that they've been using before, pretending Toronto is New York. Yeah, yeah. Toronto you know I mean? is already well known as yeah. a shooting yeah. spot for so, New York. So, like, I, I literally do not see a downside for right. Netflix. And then it, I mean, I think the one upside as kind of if you're into Canadian media is that now they do the job of exporting this Canadian media, right? Like, uh, Netflix is available more or less in every country in the world, right? Like there's a couple exceptions, right? North Korea or something. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I think, I can't remember the regions. They, cause they expanded, 167, I think. Expanded two years ago. I'm going to look it up because I want to um, know for sure. However many amount of regions, you know, the reach of Netflix is truly global as opposed to uh, the CBC, for instance. You know, like the CBC obviously does... I don't know whether you'd say a great job of exporting Canadian content at this point or not. Um, But, you know, there is that. So I guess from my perspective, it seems like I think we wanted more if you were in that industry and like in the creation or the creation industry, media creation industry, excuse me. Uh, But you you can you take what you can get at this point. What are some of the other portions or parts of the deal right i mean there are a few other things uh they're, they're not exactly major but um a, a, the government itself 
has uh, guaranteed that it will, starting in 2018, top up the Canadian Canadian Media Fund, which had been um, sort of getting lower and lower. And so it's using its own funds to keep it at the same level that it was hmm. and uh, to keep it consistent, which got a bit of uh, a round of applause during the event. So, hmm. you know, I, I know content creators are, are obviously excited about that. But, uh, you know, it also seems maybe not like a long-term solution, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it is nice to know that they're investing in that, though. And just before I forget, Netflix is available in 190 countries. 190 okay, countries. Yep. That's that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and they've also expanded on, expounded on how important uh, the CBC is, talked about um, the funding. They're putting $675 million of new funds into CBC Radio Canada mm-hmm. and stating that they're uh, launching a new open and independent process to select the next CBC leadership. Um, that's also sort of promising to know that there's there's some investment going into CBC um, just as a media person. Yeah, if I could just interrupt mm-hmm. for a second, I think it's easy to gloss over that, you know, and yeah. be like, oh, the CBC, but... I think one of the weaknesses, especially, you know, in what we've seen in the States, right, with uh, kind of the emergence of fake news, it's really important um, to have a public broadcaster, right? <laughs> like, yeah, um, I agree. Like you saw with Facebook, right? Like it was so easy to game their system, right? So I think um, this is obviously going to be glossed over by a lot of people just because of their general, not distrust necessarily of the, the CBC, but like lack of interest in it maybe or just boredom of it in general but i think this is a like a kind of a pro-democracy move right absolutely i mean the cbc is so important and as the minister pointed out for some people it's the only news source that they're Mm -hmm. receiving especially in remote areas of the country it is a really essential part of the canadian media landscape and um i'm always pleased to know when people take it seriously and invest in it yeah and just to add to that point you know uh pat he comes from the national post that's a company uh less specifically the uh headline publication that's gonna contract relatively soon um the National Post or Post Media, excuse me, offers, you know, so many, runs so many uh, local newspapers. Because they own Sun Media, they own pretty much, not not every, but the majority of the community papers right. and local newspapers in the country. And those are going to start disappearing soon, right? Uh, yep. in, in, tens, in terms of like the National Post will exist in some form, I yep. imagine. But a lot of those papers will disappear when Post Media eventually when their creditors come to claim their debt unless a government bailout comes which i hope (laughs) (laughs) but that's a story for another day but especially within the context of that what's coming i think this is an important move yeah Mm. the one thing yeah the one thing i was gonna say is so uh a lot of people have been talking about how 500 million over five years is a lot of money Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that that's very true Mm -hmm. and i think it's a lot of money in the context of canada Mm-hmm. But Netflix alone has committed to uh, to spend seven billion in 2018, mm-hmm. um, and then I think there's like an even broader number over the next five years that that's like way bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So this amount of money for Netflix to be spending in Canada is like like a drop in the pond for them. It's it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, and honestly, just to return to that subject, do you think it is a good idea to be more interested in like foreign companies like Netflix, which are you know are they are the platforms that people are on canadians are using netflix way more than crave tv that's for sure 
is it better to appeal to the Netflixes of the world than it is to try and build something within Canada? I mean, I think that's what the, the question essentially comes down to. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I like Crave TV. I'm one of the few people out there who think it's mm. uh, a service that should continue to exist. It may not have as much content um, as Netflix, but there's a lot of things worth watching on it. I also like Show Me, and, and that didn't make it um, for, mm. for a variety of reasons, partially because Rogers wanted to kill it um for for reasons that we could do a whole podcast about uh so i i don't know what the answer to that is i think if i'm looking at it from a consumer perspective i i like netflix i i use it all the time i would argue that it's the best streaming platform available in the world and i would like to continue to be able to 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 use it Hmm. um so i would rather resources be pulled into that than uh, building up something else. It's interesting. It also seems to be kind of the direction that this liberal government is uh, generally going in, is making references to the U.S.'s um, economic and industry situations, not just with this, but also previously when they talked, spoke, uh, Minister Navdeep Bain spoke about um, telecom and was referencing a number of American companies uh, who offer uh, inexpensive wireless services compared to Canada. So it, it seems like a direction that the liberals are going in is wanting to invite in this foreign investment. I, yeah. yeah, sorry, Pat. You were no, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. I think it comes from a realization that media as it stands today, thanks to just the effects of technology and how tech specifically wants to consolidate let's call it power let's call it like affluence within very a couple big players right it is there's this tendency in tech to push towards big right it's all about scale um and so i think this comes from the realization of that right like does it really make sense to invest all this money in something like crave tv for instance Mm. right on top of the fact that there is this kind of like there's the issue of ownership there right where it is um can it ever be truly public in the sense that like it was started by bell you know like and they only have one canadian production they're doing comedy specials now but uh letter kenny to my understanding is the only canadian they're they're working on other stuff like something with russell peters and things like that but the only one that's actually been released is is letter kenny right but Bell, you know, contributes to the Canadian yes, media fund. Yeah. Of course. Yes, yeah. yes. So it comes around. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Like that. I mean, I, I do know what you may, mean, Igor, and we are living in this very global world now. It is perhaps old-fashioned and backward thinking to believe that we could have a kind of insular environment that is thriving when it comes to uh, creative content. And it, and that hasn't worked for us for a long time, if we're honest, right? You know, mm. that all of our creative industries are so uh, uh, tied up with um, um, America's creative industries that right. it is 
it, perhaps just a losing game to even try to mm-hmm. stimulate things that are only in specifically Canadian rather than sort of bridge a partnership. Right. And it's also, it's a very tough, like what makes six Canadian content that is uniquely Canadian, but also appeals to a wider audience, right? Like I know one of the most popular shows uh, in the U.S. that's Canadian made is Flashpoint, right? Like, and that makes sense that it is uh, appeals to Americans because it has that kind of built into it, like that kind of fear of terrorism and stuff, right? Like, and you know, they're kind of like solving problems with militarism and that kind of stuff, right? Like, how do you create a version of that that is more Canadian, right? Like, uh, that wouldn't necessarily appeal to Americans, right? So you have that, then that issue of how do you like choose the type of content, right? There's there's always the issue again of like, there's so many Canadian stories we're not telling, right? And like, I think my, uh, the one issue I have with this is, as Pat pointed out, like what of this like 500 million that's going to be invested in uh, content by Netflix, what kind of content is it? You know, like you could be very cynical and be like, yeah. oh, they'll just make a Logan prequel, right? Where it's like, He's Canadian, yeah. right? Like, there's nothing to say that they even have to tell like Canadian stories or right. or, or stuff to do with their heritage or, or whatever, right? They yeah. can just come up here and make whatever they want to make if if that's the case. But if it has like CanCon requirements, there's boxes that need to be checked. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see when we see more details um, what kind of uh, what kind of setup they have in terms of canadians being able to pitch them their own Mm. production and even if that's going to be possible right yeah i was joking before that i think they should just take the 500 million and create the most ultimate season of the trailer park boys (laughs) of all time (laughs) would you like one big trailer parks uh season or 500 small i was thinking maybe (laughs) i was thinking maybe a movie like a 500 million dollar trailer park boys oh man Uh, did you see swear net they do not deserve a second (laughs) i agree i agree with you um yeah so beyond the cbc beyond netflix mm-hmm. was there anything else yeah there were a few other things um minister jolie also sort of spoke to the issue of fake news and um announced a partnership with ryerson's digital media zone so the mm-hmm. uh, ryerson university and the ryerson school of journalism to create a digital news incubator yep. i'm not sure what they'll think of us well, maybe they'll investigate us i'm not sure mm. no. i hope they um, investigated yes <laughs> All those, all those leaks. Maybe we can, maybe we can enroll in the incubator. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll check it out. Um, and uh, they're also establishing Canada's first federal cultural trade mission. Okay. So uh, basically, trying to get our Canadian creative exports out there more. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that end, they're establishing a Creative Industries Council with uh, Innovation, Science, and Economic Development. And adding a new investment of $125 million over five years to support Canada's first creative export strategy. So there is some implication there that they are very much trying to produce Canadian-specific stories. Right. You know what was interesting to me, Pat, was I was reading this and there was no provision for um, games, right? And it's interesting because Canada, next to the U.S. and Japan, is the biggest producer of video games. Especially in Quebec. Especially in Quebec, right? Um, and that was something that um, when we went to see the current war with Josh and his girlfriend, yeah. Josh was mentioning he wrote a <laughs> Josh story. McConnell of Josh the McConnell, Financial yeah. Post. Just say his first name, just so <laughs> people don't know who he is. Yeah, it's the a pizza name drop. Boy. Yeah, the pizza, pizza guy boy. from the Financial Post. Post. Yeah, 
uh what was it pizza.zone was that the his, his pizza column url Some, something like that yeah yeah pizza.zone if that leads you to a dark part of the internet i'm sincerely sorry uh <laughs> uh pizza.discourse.zone uh, oh gosh um right and something he mentioned was um you know there was this part of this trade mission that was selling video games um and it was really successful or something um i'll have to find the exact article but like that's like one really you know like that's one thing the federal government could do a better job of was like ensuring the growth of like actual instead of you know a big problem in that industry as in all kind of canadian creative industries is that canadians don't own the kind of the ultimate company that oversees this right the publishers and yeah, stuff like, like ubisoft ubisoft is a french company right like all that money eventually gets siphoned out of Canada, yep. right? Whatever, like the fruits of those labors. Um, I don't know what the solution to that problem is. Like there are people a lot smarter than me that have tried to think of solutions for they, this problem. They talked about Gamescom and how Canada was one of the, the lead uh, partners yeah. on it on it this year, which I, I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe it would have been nice to know about that. Totally. I, I, yeah. I had not heard a mention of that from anybody. So yeah. like if, I, I don't know, that just boggled my mind. Yeah. Additionally, um, Ian Scott, the new head of the CRTC, yes. got a yet another letter on his desk. I assume his place is filling up very, right. very quickly um, from Minister Jolie and Minister Navdeep Baines uh, talking about just set out the issues that they see as important for the regulator and fulfilling its mandate, um, looking at how new models will support the creation and distribution of Canadian programming in both official languages. So, that's yeah that's just another another task for ian scott to take on what was interesting specifically in that letter they said they wanted somewhat a more of a hands-off approach or uh, arm's length sorry was the exact terminology that they used right which i think is definitely you know kind of a look back on uh blaze um Right. Yeah, I know. Tenure as CRTC chair. He got his hands right in there, and he, we, he was not arms. He, he needed the dough, and yeah. <laughs> we loved it. Um, we loved to see what was going on when Blaze was there. But yeah. uh, we'll have to see how having Scott handles um, this. Uh, they he was the CRTC was requested to review their decision to um, cut down uh, PNI and yeah. French language content uh, mm. requirements. So. There's a lot for them to figure out there. And uh, all of this was kind of announced under the name Creative Canada. So this whole plan, this whole vision is called mm. Creative Canada. Great name. Um, in aggregate, do you guys think this is a good or bad vision? You know? I mean, I think there's so much still to come. Uh, there's so much that is still very vague. I agree with credit critics somewhat in that um, some of what uh, Minister Jolie set out to look at last year mm -hmm. has not come to fruition. A lot of these kind of investigations that she has set out to do um, have yet to see any hard answers. And even the Netflix decision is almost not really a decision so much as a an agreement that while it is binding is is not really a, a policy change mm -hmm. um so I, i'm still a little bit unconvinced that this will lead to much serious change mm -hmm. and to me the most interesting part is netflix and we'll see how that plays out but i just 
I would say, I guess I don't believe this will lead to um, that much more of a, a, a spur to Canadian content creation in Canada. I need to know more. Yeah. Is, is my thing, right? Like um, at the outset, I, I, at the outset, I would say that I don't think this really does anything. Maybe it mm. makes uh, through, through that binding contract ensures that Netflix will put that much money into creating content in Canada, but I don't yeah. know what creating content in Canada means mm-hmm. um, in, in Netflix's mind. And I need to know more about that first. And I don't know when we're going to find out. Yeah, I guess, you know, now that I've listened to you guys talk about it more, I think the kind of ultimate criticism you can make of this is that like so many of uh, the things that Trudeau government has done uh, since it, you know, was inaugurated is just maintain the status quo, right? Like, uh, listen, <laughs> neither kind of like yep. in any like positive or overly negative way changes what was going on before right like like so many of the things we don't know could totally change this maybe they are putting an office here maybe they Mm -hmm. are going to be paying tax um maybe this is going to create like a bunch of jobs in canada Mm -hmm. uh maybe all the content that is created will have to be certified canadian content Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of this agreement i think that's probably the the big key thing Mm -hmm. um because it could go one of two ways it could be them creating um interesting real Canadian productions, in some cases, telling Canadian stories. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be them coming up here and filming season three of Hemlock Grove at Credit Valley Conservation Area. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and that's all it is, right? They're, they're yeah. using Canadian caterers or, or whatever. There'll be Canadian involvement in it, and it's being mm-hmm. filmed in Canada. But it's not really legitimate Canadian content in the eyes of um, uh, the government. Yeah. All right. Is it time for shout outs? Yeah. I have a shout out. Okay. Is meanwhile, while all this has been happening um, earlier this week, Bell Canada mm-hmm. just came into an international oh. trade meeting oh, very yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to mention it because they came in and uh, the, the representative, the, the senior vice president of regulatory, Rob Malcolmson, said, listen, in NAFTA, we want to uh, put in an, into effect a new plan that would that a, a new independent agency would be able to create a list of blacklisted piracy sites that all ISPs would have to block. And even Rogers was there. And even Rogers was like, Taking hey, that back. seems a little, that seems a little intense. Shouldn't we wait for the <laughs> review of the Copyright Modernization Act? Uh, and, uh, and Bell was essentially like, no, I think this is something to look at with NAFTA. Um, mm. when everybody, you know, the, the NAFTA has a deadline of late December. So that would be something that to, if you, if they were able to sneak that in would be really completely sort of a shocking and intense change. Yeah. Um, we don't know how much, uh, the government will take that into account, but I read over the transcript and there was a lot of interest in what Rogers was saying, or sorry, what Bell was saying. Hmm. From so, what side? Uh, I, All sides? From all from all sides, you know, there wasn't a lot of criticism from the liberals, the NDP, or the the conservatives. There there was just sort of questions of how do we stop piracy and is this the real way to do it? And so mm-hmm. that Bell was saying this is the way to do it, and people, of course, have raised red flags because they didn't make any mention of judicial oversight. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Whoops. seems a, a you know it could obviously get out of hand uh, yeah. and go from you know, uh, 
crim and also in more intensely criminalize uh, like copyright infringement could go from commercial copyright infringement to just you know every day yeah so you know if you you're posting something with a song you could get criminal charges and of course that's uh, more than I think most Canadians want so it was really interesting to see and um, I guess you know it's probably been pushed out of people's minds a bit with this Netflix deal but um, yeah. hopefully we'll see a little more discussion on it if anything comes to pass the only way that you combat piracy is with convenience <laughs> and a price tag and you know what does that Netflix <laughs> And, argue, go. and then arguably Crave TV as well. Yes, two birds with one stone. Um, so my my shout out this week uh, is not Switch related for the Whoa. first time I think in a million weeks because I, I have had I have not had time to play the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing nothing's really been going on with the Switch lately. So my my shout out is called uh, the Sphero Mini. It's the same Sphero that they released a couple years ago um, with improved components and it's smaller and cuter and it's about. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, it's it's a couple centimeters. The other one kind of fits in your hand. This one could fit in just a couple of fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's significantly cheaper than the other one. And my cat hates it. So I've been playing around with it for the... Checks all the boxes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I enjoy playing with it. It glows and my cat hates it. That's that's what I, I need from toys. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun driving around my apartment. Um, and I'm doing like a quick little mini review on it that goes live tomorrow. Uh, which will make no sense when this podcast goes up. Uh, the The review will actually already be up by the time this podcast Sweet. is published. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's my ch- my shout out. Yeah, make Great sure to check out. out that review. Uh, since we're gonna make fun of the Sony phone, my shout out goes to Sony <laughs> because it came out this week that they're finally decided to abandon the Omni Balance design, and that's what they need to do. Th- that's what they need to do. Yeah, so. but the thing is, it's gonna come out, and they're gonna be like, "We've decided to go in a very unique direction. Mm-hmm. It's an all bezel phone. <laughs> there's no dis- there's display no, on it. No, there's no, there's no, no, you don't need it's a display. A pager. Yeah, yeah. Come uh, back to pagers. Yeah, bring back the pager. Okay, that is a great note to end on. Uh, but before we end, what's your shout out? That was my shout out. Oh, to Sony. Okay, okay. well, got it, got you it. want you no, want no, another? No, no, okay. no, that's okay. good. It that's was fine. kind of a rever- reverse shout out. Yeah, it was a call out. It was a call out. Else. Yes. Um, on that note, uh, next week, obviously uh, October fourth, which is Pixel Day. We'll, Pixel Day. So uh, I, I believe all three of us will be uh, at an event. Can't tell you where it is. What's going on? Because that's all been. In, that's all secret it's in magical google land full of clouds yes and pixels and lots of pixels um so next week will the podcast will be devoted to the pixel obviously i think we might have teddy on we'll see um in any case you should email us at podcast at mobile make sure to watch the announcement make sure to read all the announcements on mobile syrup and think of some questions to ask us um ask, ask us if we like the panda one Yes, I think that that would whoever asked that question, I'll send you a code for something. Um, <laughs> just because we'll Guaranteed. be able to, yeah, we'll be able to see it in person. There'll be like forty people who are going to email you about the panda phone now. Yes, first person to email me about the panda phone wins, <laughs> um, or the person who says it most eloquently. Do you oh, like nice. the orange button on the panda phone? Yes. Um, right. I'll also post a post on or article on Mobile Syrup where you'll be able to uh, put your question in. So that should make things a bit easier. Rose, where can people find us? They can find us at Mobile Syrup on many different social media platforms, including Instagram, YouTube, and um, Twitter. 
and but not limited to those three platforms and also they can find me on twitter at mm-hmm. rose bahar your instagram is pretty fire mm-hmm. it's good it's a good account yeah yeah our instagram is a really good account but not my instagram so please mm-hmm. avoid that also don't try to slide into anyone's dms yeah that's true you can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke. I will often be tweeting about how I don't like Bioshock Infinite or Bioshock. Or many other things. Or many other things. Usually I just tell people what I don't like and then they get mad at me and then I talk to them. Mm-hmm. That's a great That's a great Twitter account, that's, if I do say so what myself. What I do. Uh, you can find me at Igor Bonifacic. That's B-O-N-I-F-A-C-I-C. You must be nearing 1,000 followers almost, at this very almost. moment. Everybody push them over the brink. We should have a party when you hit 1,000. But that pizza party. And then I can be like to Twitter. It's like, okay, time to verify me. Yeah. And then I can just give up on life because I have the blue check mark. Yes. Just before Twitter like hits hellscape territory. Blue <laughs> <laughs> is approaching that quickly. Uh, um, once again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.